This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 6. Interviewing the best of category winners in the third annual International Zebra Golden Brush Awards continues. Today we chat with Diana Frankenfield with Field Code Design who won two categories this year. Diana will inspire you as she shares about a relatively new but successful career in refinishing. Avery with Happily Restored shares a refinishing tip on the importance of taking adequate time when refinishing, making sure you don't rush the process. We'll find out what Iris with Three Coats of Charm, Ashley with Trash to Treasure, and Courtney with PNW Refurbished are working on in their studios this week. On the beginner's bucket, Fabby Brown with Plush and Ivy Design answers this week's question, what if something breaks on a commission piece? Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Diana Frankenfield hasn't been at refinishing long, but if you look at her pieces, you would think she was right up there with refinishers that have been setting trends for the last 10 years. Her talents range from creating the clean and classic look to staging and design. We can't wait to learn more about her. Let's go ahead and dive into our interview with Diana. Hello, Diana. Nice to have you on the podcast. Hi, Lane. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Listen, so out of thousands of entries in the 2021 Zebra Golden Brush Awards, you made it to the finalist with two of your pieces as chosen by our seven international judges. And then you went on to win two categories with those two pieces. That is just incredible, Diana. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much. Um, the whole community uh, was just absolutely amazing. I can't really imagine all of the time and effort that you guys put in um, behind the scenes with the Golden Brush Awards. And um, it was just pretty amazing to see everyone rally behind one another and just all of the inspiration. It was a, it's a really um, amazing event for our community. Yeah, it, it is a lot of work, as you said, and I've always, and I mentioned this before, but I always had a, a special place in my heart for the judges because that has to be really difficult looking at so many really nice pieces and then having to narrow them down. Well, Diana, you know, to, to look at this properly, and I can't emphasize this enough, but you, one of the categories you won was Best New Artist of 2021, so you're a newbie. And you not only won that category, but you won another category in an international awards event. Like, that's incredible. How does that make you feel? Well, Lane, thank you so much. Um, it is absolutely incredible. And I am so honored. Uh, the judges had such a difficult job, as you mentioned, and I so appreciated them. Um, truly, they are the, you know, the trailblazers in all mm -hmm. of this with their encouragement um, and inspiration um, with their work, but also just their willingness to share their knowledge to help everyone um, and for us to learn and, you know, in return to be able to help others as well. So I really appreciated the judges during all of this, but yeah, it was just so incredible and um, completely, completely honored. I mean, it was shocking, um, <laughs> but it was incredibly exciting and, you know, very humbling and fun. Yeah, well, I hope that all your friends and family know what an accomplishment that you uh, had because it, it really is an incredible accomplishment. By the way, the other category win was Clean and Classic, and we'll talk about both of your winning pieces shortly. But Diana, first, we want to learn more about you. How did you get into refinishing? 
I have always loved art and design, interior design. Um, and after college, I went into education and I was an elementary teacher for 13 years. And it was an incredible job. Um, I really loved the opportunity to, you know, advocate for my students and their families. Um, but the last two years, we made the decision to stay home. And I've been a caretaker for uh, some family members and some health needs. But it also gave me the opportunity to kind of explore my creativity. And I had started um, with our first home. I had refinished a dresser, like a nine-drawer dresser. Uh, just on my own and for our own house. And when we moved, you know, furniture doesn't always transfer into a new home, into a different mm -hmm. space. And so once we moved, um, decided to sell the dresser. And I loved, I loved this piece, but I listed it on Marketplace and had more inquiries than I expected. And the lady that, that bought it, she bought it for her, for her office. And um, when she bought it, she sent me pictures and she just got she had so much joy, you know, from it. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought to myself, you know, I want to try that again. And so that was really kind of what started it all is just the opportunity to kind of be home and then to um, really apply, you know, my love and passion mm -hmm. for design into furniture. And then it's so fun to me to, um, you know, for people to have those pieces in their home and for them to have the joy uh, with it. It's so interesting to hear people's background because so many refinishers come from so many different walks of life with respect to careers. And uh, certainly a lot of folks that come out of the medical industry, but also education as well. So that's cool. That's that's like um, that's a good amount of experience. Thirteen years of teaching. I taught elementary the whole time, but the later part of it, um, I was an ESL specialist, which is English as a second language. Uh -huh. And I have to say, that is a really awesome job of, like I said, just being able to to advocate um, for those kids and their families. So it was fun. Um, but at the same time, being home and having, we've just kind of slowed down in life a little bit and yeah. really prioritize family. And I'm just really enjoying those like, you know, the joys in the everyday and a little bit more simplicity. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I've heard that echoed often. So tell us about your company name, Field Co. Design. <laughs> sure. Um, so Field Co. Design came from uh, my last name, which is Frankenfield. And to be honest, Frankenfield, you know, is really long. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. Um, I like last names with multiple syllables. I think that's cool. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, well, it does. It does indeed. So um, I shortened it to Field. And so that's where we came about um, with, and I wanted Field Design, um, but I stuck that co in there just yeah. so I could make sure to, you know, have the name on all platforms and everything. Yeah. It's a classy name. It's very nice. I appreciate that. So you created a reel in early March that was captioned as, I think it was one console, but three ways, meaning you could show how to take it uh, a piece by staging it, uh, you, to use it as a dresser, an entry table, or buffet. I take it that you really enjoy the staging as well. Would you say that that is, a, is one of your favorite parts of refinishing? Absolutely. Um, I really enjoy the process of 
from, you know, sourcing the pieces and really finding those um, like vintage classic pieces with the clean lines. And I love details, but I love um, simple details like, you know, fluted legs or, mm. you know, the the small details in the round brass hardware, um, things like that. But then picking, you know, the colors and then staging is definitely one of my favorite parts. And I think I was inspired to do that reel through, you know, a few other reels uh, with interior designers and stuff. But I really think it applies well to furniture with helping others visualize that piece in their home. You know, mm-hmm. that this can truly be a piece that could fit several different spaces and function for them or their family, you know, in various ways. Yeah, it's interesting about staging because I've heard so many folks say, you know, when somebody comes to inquire about one of their pieces, they'll say, yeah, I really want the piece, but is it possible for me to buy all the stuff that all the props that you used on your piece? Because they, you know, part of the art of selling a furniture piece is to stage it well. And so a lot of people just want to capture that whole thing and just like take it back to their home and make it look just like what they saw in the picture. <laughs> so You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I actually did have one of my pieces. Uh, they did ask, ask to purchase, you know, the staging yeah. items as well. So you're right. It yeah, is you, a big part of it. You just have to make sure that you're using pieces that, uh, you don't have like an emotional attachment to the props and stuff, right? Right. <laughs> so so basically then finishing, refinishing, has, has that met all your expectations so far then? Yeah. I mean, I still have, you know, I'm going to be learning today, tomorrow, a year from now, five mm-hmm. years from now. Um, there's so many different still like you know, cool techniques and things like that, that um, I'm excited to try. So it's a process and it's a lengthy process as everyone says. And of course, you know, putting in the the prep work and the time ahead of of time, Mm -hmm. it is interesting because the question I get sometimes is, you know, what paint do you use to create, you know, smooth finish? And, you know, there's not one particular paint. There's a lot of great paints out there. But, you know, I just share that it's really about, you know, the process of starting with really mm-hmm. thoroughly cleaning and, you know, going into the sanding and the woodwork and, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot, as everyone says, it really is to to end up with a nice, um, you know, quality finish. I think that a big part of refinishing effectively is patience, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think every single piece I still learn, you know, I learned something new. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that uh, it, it would be challenging or is challenging is like wanting to get to the good part, meaning when you really see changes taking place, but you can't short circuit the process. Like, for example, the prep, the cleaning and all of that kind of stuff on the front end of the piece. Um, and just and that's that's, you know, the patience that's involved in that. I'm sure if you don't have it, you're going to have to learn to have it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it is fun to, you know, just to get the paint on there or to have it done. And, you know, like we talked about styling it and Mm -hmm. seeing that, you know, that pretty picture, but it, you know, you really can't get to the pretty picture at the end um, without all the the work ahead of time. Well, a little pop quiz for you here. Not really a quiz, but just to to try (laughs) to learn a little bit more about you. But so what is your favorite color? What's your all time favorite color? Ooh, paint color. Um, oh, that is so hard. I love colors so much. Uh, my local Benjamin Moore uh, store is just this week. It was funny. I walked in and it's a co-owner, um, two men that own it. And um, I was looking at the colors once again. 
And one guy looked at the other guy and said, just give her all the color dicks. <laughs> <laughs> they could tell, couldn't they? <laughs> just give it to her. So, you know, here I am at home with like four different color dicks uh, looking at colors. <laughs> so to pick a favorite would be, would be a challenge. However, I love black furniture. Uh-huh. Um, I just feel like black translates so well. It can be clean and classic, but yet modern and bold. Um, you know, it's, it can just be a statement um, in almost any room. So mm-hmm. I really p- love um, I love painting black furniture. Now, does your refinishing style match your home decor? So, I mean, like we can look at your IG feed and look at your pieces. Would that be almost like a snapshot of your home? Well, I hope that it will be. Um, we bought a home as a fixer-upper. So this next year, we're going to start renovating um, basically ourselves and I'm really excited to apply a lot that I've learned with furniture into um, start incorporating that mm-hmm. into our own home. But I do love um, kind of a, a clean and classic, but like a very inviting and kind of a layered feel um, home with mm-hmm. textures and colors and things like that. There's there's so much. I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like you see this sort of evolution of styles changing probably in a way that we never have before, just because of social media where, you know, so so for a number of years, so many things were neutral and white. And even though that's still very popular today, it seems like there's a lot of trends now towards deeper, darker colors, even in kitchens, like the deep blues and, you know, not so much the dark woods, but just those colors that are really deep and have a lot of depth to them. And so, I mean, from dark wood floors to natural color floors to different types of materials. So, and a lot of textures too, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love mixing um, in our home. I think we'll have, you know, a, a combination of some, some more natural woods and then adding in some darker walnut woods and, you know, layering the colors and wallpaper. Wallpaper, you know, ask Sarah, it's sitting pretty. Yeah, <laughs> wallpaper <sure. laughs> is, um, is really, I mean, it's timeless, but I'm seeing a lot more wallpaper. And like you said, kind of the deep, uh, rich colors and everything yeah. as well, which is fun. Isn't it funny about, if you stop and think about wallpaper, um, I guess it kind of depends on your age and uh, you're more of the younger generation, but I know uh, my dad was a contractor and my mom used to sometimes on some houses that they, they built in, uh, you know, early on and they're, when we were kids, when the kids were young, they would incorporate wallpaper. My mom would do wallpaper, you know, on to, to, you know, make the house look nice. And, and then it was like wallpaper just sort of disappeared and it's like everything was just, you know, drywall colors or neutral colors. And now to see wallpaper come back, uh, that's just, again, it's like we were talking about earlier. There's just so many different elements that are coming back into the, the design process of homes. And it just gives you a lot of opportunity to really have a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and things do, they go through, I think they go through cycles. So, yeah. but I, I'm loving it all coming back in and, um, you know, having the the variations with the colors and textures and everything. Right. So you guys live in Texas. What is the town that you live in? We live in Rockwall. Um, It's right outside of Dallas. Yeah, I wanted you to pronounce the name because uh, we have in North Carolina, there's a Rockwell. And uh, I wasn't sure whether it was Rockwall or Rockwell. So I wanted you to to share how with the correct pronunciation of it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so are you from Texas? Yes. Um, I was born and raised here in Texas. Um, I grew up in Garland, uh, which is close by about mm-hmm. half hour out. And I'm lucky my family is here, um, within a half hour, uh, oh, nice. various directions, but we're all pretty close by. Yeah. Oh, that's super nice. So I mean, do you have quite a few places to purchase furniture and sell your pieces, uh, knowing that you're like in the suburbs outside of uh, Dallas then? Yeah, it's, I love, um, you know, I love shopping and sourcing pieces. Marketplace gets crazy. You know, sometimes it's like they just go so quickly. And, yeah. you know, as I think we've all been seeing the prices have really been increasing with furniture. But yes, I love, um, I love finding pieces. So do you ship your pieces? I don't currently ship pieces. I've had some inquiries of people asking um, about shipping, but that isn't something that I have done yet. Yeah. Well, as you continue to grow and, and uh, more folks outside of your area, you know, in, you know, follow you and develop an interest in your work, I'm sure you'll probably be looking at that a little more seriously <laughs> as you move along. I, I mean, I guess it just really is whatever works for you, because if you're selling your pieces in the area, I would think even though shipping is, is really neat because it broadens your customer base, there is some work to it. So, sure. Um, but anyway, well, let's talk about the piece that uh, won you best new artist of 2021. Why don't you describe it for our listeners and then kind of give us just a, a rundown of what you did to it. Sure. So this was a piece where I actually picked the color first. Um, so the color I used was called Dark Horse, and it was a very dark, earthy, rich brown. So after after knowing that that was the color that I was going to be working with, then I actually envisioned the piece of furniture I was looking for. So which happens sometimes, and I get this idea in my head of, oh, I want this style piece, or you know, and then I go on the hunt for it. So I wanted a very classic hutch, and was kind of thinking about mixing the dark brown um, paint with, you know, some raw wood or natural wood material with it. And so I came about, it was a 1957 uh, Bassett furniture hutch, and it was just gorgeous. I saw it on Facebook Marketplace. I fell in love with this piece. Um, I was so excited to get it. And it was actually so funny because after I got it home, I kept looking at it and thought, oh my gosh, something about this. I just... I love the legs to it, you know, that they're curved and the, the, you know, the clean lines with the drawers and the hardware, the bail pulls, and I couldn't really place it. And then I realized that earlier years beforehand, there is a interior designer. Uh, her name is Jean Stouffer. And she had that piece. Actually, I think hers was a different furniture maker, but very, very similar piece mm-hmm. in her own personal bedroom that I had pinned on Pinterest. <laughs> and it was like one of my all-time favorite pins that I just admired. And so when I realized that I found a piece that was very similar, you know, and look, mm-hmm. I was so excited about it. So it was just a, a hutch that um, had rounded legs, brass bail pulls, and I painted the exterior of the hutch in uh, dark horse, this, you know, gorgeous dark brown color. And then the inside of the shelves, I kept a natural wood color. And then for the top coating on that piece, I used polyvine for the first time. And I wanted that silky kind of wax feel, but the durability of a varnish. So I ended up mixing uh, the dead flat and the satin doing like a 50-50 mix just to give it a very, you know, subtle sheen to it. And it turned out beautifully. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's an understatement. <laughs> it's it's <is> really <laughs> ordinary. Now you mentioned so the inside is natural. Did you have to sand all that back, or was that the the wood color on the inside when you got it? So it was uh, the wood color for the most part. There were some areas that were damaged that needed some repairs. So I did a little bit of a paint wash um, over it just to to make sure it was kind of a cohesive look on the inside. It is so cool when you're able to take a color like this and contrast it with the natural wood. I mean, it's just like sometimes my phraseology is probably not the best, but I mean, it's just like it's, it's such a sealed, complete piece when you look at it with all the parts when it's finished from the hardware to the paint to the inside with that natural wood color. And of course, the way you staged it highlighted all of that very, very well. Was it structurally okay when you got it? Um, yes, for the most part, it was it was really um, a solid piece. There, you know, there was nicks and gashes, scratches, things like that. But structurally overall, it was a nice piece. You still have this piece? I sold this one. Um, this one sold pretty quickly, and How this was the one. That, Diana, <laughs> I know this is the one piece I think I have. I don't know what you'd call it, seller's remorse. Yeah. <laughs> that after I sold it, which the people were thrilled to have it, and I was excited, you know, in their joy uh, that they were so excited to have the piece. But this is probably the one that I'm like, ah, I wish I would have kept it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that's uh, it's you know, especially getting ready to renovate a home, you could probably find several different places that uh, this piece would would uh, would be suited for. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to hear from a friend of our sponsor. Hi, my name is Anja with Anush Designs and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. I love a clean and classic style with my furniture pieces, but I struggled with brush strokes for a long time. That changed when I started to use Zebra's brushes. They come with super soft bristles that hold just the right amount of paint and they allow me to spread that paint so evenly and smooth. So whether you want to paint in tight spaces, like let's say inside a cabinet, or you want to top coat large surfaces, Zebra has a perfect brush to do the job. There's different handle sizes and shapes for a very comfortable experience and the bristles are specifically designed for different paint scenarios. So for me, Zebra's brushes were a total game changer. And if you haven't tried them yet, I can only advise you to do so. Thank you for your kind words, Anya. Now back to our interview with Diana. On to the best clean and classic category because you won that one as well. And you did a black buffet. Why don't you tell us about that piece? This was a Thomas Phil is a very large um, sideboard buffet piece. And when I saw this one, I just loved it. I love the tall tapered legs to it. The legs had um, fluted details mm-hmm. down them. And in the back, it had a brass gallery bar, which again, it's just like that classic kind mm-hmm. of, you know, small detail that that really adds something to it. So the front was kind of curvy and it was just such a pretty piece. This one wasn't as in good uh, condition. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely had, you know, a little bit of water damage and some burn through through the veneer and things like that. But this, this was just a, 
really pretty piece to work with. And when I saw it, I wanted to paint this one black. Um, <laughs> I just thought it would be very classic uh, mm-hmm. with the style of it. So I, I went with um, Onyx, which is a Benjamin Moore color. And it's just a dark black that has very like little or no undertones so that it really fits you know, most people's homes or spaces. Mm -hmm. Have you run into any issues uh, at all that you've discovered when painting black, like any challenges that you have to be aware of? Uh, Painting black is one of my favorite, you know, colors to use. And I think a lot of it still kind of goes back to the prep work. Um, One of the things that I found that when I do paint dark colors or black colors after I do all the prepping, Mm -hmm. I do like to use the Aqualock um, black primer. And for a couple of reasons, um, one is it really just shows any kind of imperfections, small things that you missed, you know, previously with repairs and wood filling that it gives you the opportunity to, you know, go back over it and fix any of those. And I think with a black piece, just because it can really, you know, show those details, especially if you're using um, like a satin sheen over a matte sheen. So using that primer and being able to, you know, fix all of those little imperfections before Mm -hmm. getting to the paint has made a big difference. I think is especially with black or dark pieces. So what was that that you, did you call that Aqualock? Yes, it's called Aqualock. It is a primer. Um, I still use shellac before because just to uh, make sure there's not any bleed through. Uh So I shellac the piece, but then, um, I use Aqualock on top of that and it, I use it, it comes in white and black, but for the darker pieces, I do like to use the black. Mm -hmm. Now, when you talk about shellac, is that pretty much a standard thing that you do when you paint a piece? Do you always uh, put a coat of shellac on it? Every single piece I shellac. Now, do you, do you paint the shellac on or do you use like the spray can shellac? Um, I've done both. Uh, sometimes, do, uh, just kind of depending on the piece, piece mm-hmm. um, I'll use the aerosol cans and spray the shellac on. Um, and I do a few coats of it. Um, but I also have brushed it and roll, you know, use like the little throwaway brushes and rollers as well. Yeah, patience, 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 isn't there? <laughs> so <laughs> Definitely. How long, how long do you have to let the uh, the first coat of shellac dry? Normally, how much time is that? Um, at least I wait about an hour or so. Mm-hmm. But an, and you said you do a couple coats of shellac? I do. So then you probably never had bleed through issues then. So I did have bleed through on one of my first pieces and um, it was a, a piece that I had painted white uh-huh. and I did, you know, two coats of the spray shellac on it and then went to paint and it really, um, it really needed a little bit more attention to it. <laughs> it needed more attention to that piece. So after that, you know, it's a, it's a learning um, experience and it was, you know, every piece of furniture is going to vary too with the, with the wood and type of furniture it is. So, so you did on that piece, you did two coats of shellac and it still had bleed through it did <laughs> oh man so what's the solution like to the shellac and the primer and then the paint uh that is kind of my process is um after of course all the cleaning and you know repairs and woodworking then i do um well, depending on it you can kind mm-hmm. of get an idea of the bleed through even with the cleaning i typically do two or three coats of the shellac and then i prime and then mm-hmm. actually i go back after that and do any other the detailed um mm-hmm. wood filling that i need any kind of yeah right thing like that and then get to painting yeah so you use one coat of primer or do you sometimes do two coats of primer 
Sometimes one is sufficient, and then sometimes, depending, uh, a piece I'm actually currently working on right now outside, this one is a little stinker. <laughs> so <laughs> this, was, this one's given me some trouble, but we'll get there. So I have, um, you know, went through and after primer, then there was definitely areas. It just had a lot of deep scratches and gashes, honestly, in this piece. So um, I've gone back through and, and used wood filler again, mm-hmm. and I will prime it again after that to check it. So this piece you talked about, uh, what was it you called that, the gallery uh, bar along the back? Is that what that's called? I I believe so. <laughs> that's what yeah. I called it. But okay. yes, it's just a, a brass bar that goes across the top, and um, I believe it's called a gallery bar. Does it have a specific function or is it just part of the design? You know, I'm sure with it being like a sideboard buffet, um, I'm sure it has that function of, you know, maybe with glasses not going back or uh-huh. plates. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But um, I thought aesthetically it was beautiful and gave kind of that a little bit of a, you know, vintage timeless feel to the piece. Yeah. No, it really is. It does. It, it's like... Um, talking about being sealed and complete that really adds to it a lot. It's nice how it, it uh, parallels with the hardware. Uh, and then of course, with the deep black of the piece, it's just, it's quite stunning. Well, thank you. I always clean the hardware, but then I do like to use rub and buff on hardware often on pieces. There's a few colors that are just kind of my go-to favorites. And if the hardware is ever kind of, you know, you want to add like a patinaed look to it mm-hmm. or give it more of each, you know, because hardware can vary even from, you know, pull to sure. what, you know, pull to handle or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, using rub and buff can kind of give that cohesive look to a piece as well. Well, you're giving us a lot of uh, good tips. I know that uh, that's helpful. Um, so this piece as well, uh, somebody else's home right now? It is. This piece is also in someone's home. It's in their (laughs) dining room. They sent me pictures. I love getting pictures when clients get it in their home and then seeing, you know, it in their space and how they, you know, stage it and and stuff. Um, That's one of my favorite parts, too, is receiving those pictures afterwards. Yeah, that is cool because I guess it's just very rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, I, I just, I think it makes me so happy that they're so happy, you know, yeah. like it just brings them joy, um, which is fun. So you mentioned this earlier, but the cleaning classic category that pretty much that's, that really represents your style well then, doesn't it? It, I think it does. I really do like, I like clean lines. I like symmetry. Um, mm-hmm. Those are some of the things I think that I'm drawn to in design and just aesthetics with furniture or home or even like we're getting ready to start some um, landscaping in our backyard. And I am not a landscape designer, but I had to make myself kind of stop and think, okay, if I was to apply those same design mm-hmm. elements that I really like in furniture or in the home and bringing it outdoors you know, it mm-hmm. goes back to really that kind of clean and classic and symmetrical designs. No, and, and that is, that's a very good point because you can take that, uh, those design, the design knowledge and apply that in multiple different areas, those same principles. Well, these two categories, um, you know, that you won in, these pieces were just phenomenal and certainly not surprising that you won. You know, Diana, you are a newbie, as I mentioned this earlier, to the industry, and it's always amazing when someone like yourself steps in and takes the community by storm. You have done that, and I know everyone is inspired by you. So let me ask you, where do you see yourself in the next year? What are your What are your goals? Well, Lane, I am inspired by this community to be... Um 
I mean, stepping into this and like I mentioned earlier, you know, I had done a piece on my own for my own home and then thought, you know, hey, I want to try that again. And so when I got on Instagram and just found this community and all of the inspiration and it's just incredible and the willingness to help one another and to to learn and to, you know, teach each other. So Mm -hmm. this next year, I just am going to be learning still. I want to, you know, explore more colors and more painting techniques. And I would like to start, um, you know, like I said, renovating our home and applying those in our own home and our lives as well, too. Mm-hmm. So I think that will be a lot of my my focus this upcoming year is just to continue to learn and to learn from others. And of course, you know, I'm so happy when I am able to learn something and then people ask and in return, be able to share those with them. Well, you know, my next question, I think you just answered it, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just in case you want to throw anything else into the response. <laughs> but my question was any advice to the other newbies in the industry? And you just talked about learning and being willing to just discover and learn more. So I'm sure that's part of it. But can you think of anything else like somebody that's like maybe they're just starting out now or maybe they've been doing it a month or two like any any thoughts you want to give them yeah absolutely um don't be afraid to ask um this community is truly amazing and you know i've reached out to several different people with questions and thought i mean anywhere from hey i'm doing this piece what grit you know sandpaper should i use or you know i've run into this do you you know, how do you repair this part of a leg? How do you do that mold thing, you know, where you <laughs> where you recreate it? Like, what is that? Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, we're all, we're all still going to be learning, you know, like I said, today, tomorrow, a year from now. So mm-hmm. just, just do your research. Um, there's a lot of information online. Um, there's people that are, are happy to help answer questions and um, don't be afraid to try, you know, try new things and explore. And, you know, with furniture, if you mess up, you know, okay, so it's a little time consuming, but, you know, you fix it. It's, you know, you just start over again or, you know, fix that piece or find a solution and move forward. So yeah. just try it and, you know, just don't, don't be afraid to reach out and ask people. <clears throat> Those are really good points, uh, especially when it comes to the furniture piece itself and not, not being so scared to, to jump in and try something new on a piece because so many have said that when you stop and think about it, put things in context like it is a piece of furniture that can be refinished again like you said it's not that you want to put extra work into it but it's not the end of the world if you get halfway through it and you're like i'm not liking the way this is going (laughs) you can sort of hit the reset button and try something different absolutely diane all of us at zebra as well as the judges want to say congratulations and job well done we cannot wait to see what you accomplish in the coming year we're keeping our eyes on field code design for sure (laughs) Well, I appreciate you all so much. Um, I just, the Golden Brush Awards was was so fun and so incredible. I just think it's a, an amazing event that you all do for our community. Well, we, we love doing it. Uh, it's exciting to meet new people. And it's just a lot of fun to be able to take the community and offer as much support as we can to help it to continue to grow. And, and like you said, and what's been echoed by so many people, it's almost like a whole new world. When you jump into the the world of refinishing because you meet so many new people. And as you said, so many folks are so supportive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, It is funny because, you know, I've I've met some 
good friends this last year that, you know, I talked to through Instagram, even mm-hmm. just, you know, weekly on our projects or, you know, I send voice messages a lot. I'm one of those people that I just like hearing people's voices. And so uh, sometimes we'll be, you know, out working on a piece and it's just kind of fun because I can send a voice message to someone and they're working on their piece. And when they get to a stopping point, you know, they'll send one back. And so that part of it's fun too, just that the relationship part that I didn't necessarily expect from it. Yeah. But that's been really pretty incredible as well. Yeah, huge benefit. Well, thanks for taking the time to come on and share about your winning pieces and tell us a little bit more about yourself. You have a wonderful day down in Texas. I'm sure you'll enjoy the weather because I bet it's nice, isn't it? It is. It's beautiful this week. Texas weather has been a little crazy these last few months with ups and downs, but today it looks like the high here is 75. So it's going to be a beautiful day. Well, go enjoy some more refinishing, Diana. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Lane. I really appreciate all that you do and um, appreciate you chatting with me today. Uh, Likewise, for sure. Will you take care? All right. You as well. Thank you. Today's refinishing tip comes from Habri with Happily Restored. Hi, this is Habri from Happily Restored. My number one refinishing rule is don't rush the process. When planning your design, putting together a cost estimate, prep or paint, don't rush the process. I love restoring pieces back to natural wood or having a mix of wood and paint for an interesting look. When sanding a piece, start slow. I always start with 120 to 150 just to see how the existing finish reacts. I've had to change direction numerous times after discovering beautiful wood or perfect veneer under a coat of interior wall paint on a piece. I've also had to end up painting after thinking it's going to be beautiful veneer and then it's damaged and a mess. Don't skip a grit while sanding down. You will regret it later or end up redoing it. 100 to 120 to 150, 180, 220, 350, 400, sometimes up to 600 grit when I want to keep it a natural finish. My last round of sanding is always done by hand to just even it all out. Take your time when you start painting. I make sure I have a selection of my favorite brushes ready. You might need to swap brushes without planning to a cleaner and neat finish. I always have a spray bottle filled with water nearby to keep the brush damp to reduce brush strokes. My Zebra Palm Pro brush is by far my absolute favorite. I can take my time and paint at a speed that ensures a beautiful smooth finish without having my hands cramp up. Again, don't rush the process and give the paint time to dry between each coat. I always use 1000 grit paper and hand sand between each coat for a smooth finish. Don't rush a project because you promised your followers you will have it ready tomorrow or you haven't posted on Instagram in a while. Take your time, you will get it done, even if it takes eight hours, not seven. Things go wrong when you rush and your clients will appreciate the attention to detail and a beautiful quality finish. Thank you, Habri. We will heed your advice. And actually, this particular advice applies to a great deal of tasks outside of refinishing. Don't rush the process. I mean... Don't rush the process <laughs> there. That will help us all remember this important tip. It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week. 
Hi everyone, it's Iris from Three Coats of Charm here, and in our studio this week we've got a few projects on the go. I'm just finishing up photographing a really pretty Gibbard buffet, and I was inspired by Tiffany from Refab 6 to sort of take it in a different direction. Usually with French provincial pieces I go with a very um, streamlined, modern look, and this one I went a little bit more rustic, so it's a bit different for me, and I'm pretty excited to get that up on social media this week. We also started a fun project with my eight-year-old. He decided that he wanted to flip a piece of furniture. So I found him a very sweet old washstand to refinish. And he started the prep on that. He's done some cleaning and some sanding. So we're hoping this week we'll get to staining the top and painting the bottom. And we're leaning towards probably a red color for the bottom. I think you can get away with a pop of color when it's a small antique piece and still appeal to, to a lot of people for the purpose of flipping it. And then finally, we're also starting a bed frame bench conversion. And it's a really cool bed frame. It looks almost like it's got handles on the four corners. It's something I haven't really seen before. So I think it will make a really cool bench. And we've got some old pallets, which I think we're going to try and salvage the wood from those to make the um, seat part of the bench. And I haven't quite decided yet if I want these back and the sides to stay natural, maybe stain them, um, or if I'm going to paint them. So we'll have to see uh, what it looks like when it's a little bit closer to being finished, and I'll make that call then. And I think that's just about all we'll get to uh, this week in the Three Coats of Charm studio. Hi everyone, this is Ashley from Trash to Treasured. This week in my studio, I will be working on a three-drawer Art Deco waterfall dresser. I picked it up on Marketplace last week for $25. I love the hardware, honestly. It was worth the price, even with all the damage um, for the hardware alone. So I will be trying out a new-to-me color that I've never painted before. I used some leftover melange paints that I had and created a custom color, which I really recommend trying out. If you have some leftover paints and you want to try a new shade or create a custom one, um, it's a lot of fun. You can mix up two colors, three, four, you know, whatever your heart desires. But yeah, stay tuned. I will be posting updates on my Instagram. So if you'd like to follow along, you can find me at trashed to treasured. Thanks, everyone, and thanks, Lane, for inviting me on this week's podcast. Hey, guys, Courtney here with PNW Refurbished. I've been working on a few new projects this week, the first being a vintage dining room table set with 12 cane back chairs. I've painted the frames of the chairs and the base of the table black and did a whitewash on the tabletop to show off the beautiful wood grain. The second project I've been working on is a vintage dresser with curved drawer fronts. This dresser I plan on trying out the faux linen look for the very first time. Tune in with me to see the final results. Thank you, friends. Listeners, make sure you go check out their social media feeds. Welcome to The Beginner's Bucket, a new segment this season that gives new refinishers an opportunity to ask questions from their more experienced refinishing friends. If you have a question that you would like answered, just send me an email at laneball at enjoyzebra.com and we'll ask an experienced refinisher and play the answer here on the podcast. This week's question comes from Tara with Resurrected Peace and the question is, what if something breaks on a commissioned piece? Fabby Brown with Blush and Ivy Design answers her question. That's a great question, Tara. 
If something were to break on a commission piece I was working on, I would first step back, analyze the damage I've created. I would then assess how long it's gonna take to repair the damage. And finally, I'm gonna determine whether or not it is important for me to let my client know based on the issue at hand. Something minor, let's just say that I accidentally nicked it. Of course, I'm not gonna mention that to my client because there's going to be nicks all over the piece so I'll just go ahead and add some wood filler and call it a day. However, if it is something major where I've accidentally broken off a leg or something, then that may take some time to repair. At that point, I would then determine how long it's going to take to repair the breakage and then contact my client and let them know what happened and be super transparent with them. We would then discuss whether or not this is going to affect the date of completion when you're refinishing furniture you just never know what surprise you're going to come across so i would just recommend that you really give yourself a good amount of turnaround time when doing these commissioned pieces so next time you're working on a commissioned piece or if this is your first commission that you've taken i would say really just consider your turnaround time and pad that really well so you have enough time in case of any issue that pops up i always say it's better to complete the project before your estimated date of completion as opposed to being late on a commissioned piece I hope I helped shed some light on what to do in this situation, and I hope you have a beautiful day. Thanks, Fabi. Your vast experience from refinishing to working with clients in your retail shop brings us great insight. How many times have you picked up an old piece of furniture and wondered what the history was? If only these pieces could talk, right? Well, some of you have been more inquisitive and taken the time to do some homework to find out more about a piece that you have refinished and its history. These are incredible stories that need to be shared. We have created a new segment on our podcast called If This Piece Could Talk. You will enjoy hearing from your fellow refinishers talk about the history of a piece, whether it's about the style and how it developed, or maybe it's a sweet story about a piece of furniture built and designed for a loved one. We'll also talk to experts who will give us some insight on how to go about learning the history of a piece. As a side note, if you know the story on your piece and you think it's a perfect fit for this segment, send me an email at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Stay tuned as we include these new segments in the upcoming podcast. March is coming to a close, but there is still time to enter this month's The Zebra Review Contest. As a reminder, our March theme is our judges' colors. That's right, each of our five judges have shared their favorite color with us, and you can check out those colors and be inspired by going to our post on Zebra Painting or to our judges' accounts, and they are Jen of Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, R.E.S., Katie Cloud of Katie Cloud, Katie Scott of Salvage by K. Scott, Lauren Schwachina of Portland Rose Studio, and Sarah of Sitting Pretty Home Decor. You'll get to see their colors in a piece they have refinished. You may pick up one or combine a few of the colors on your piece. We are looking for an approximation of color tone that is similar to the judges' colors. It does not have to be exact. Make sure that you tag your pieces with the hashtag TheZebraReview. All pieces must be refinished between March 1st, 2022 and March 31st, 2022. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebras Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode, along with information about today's guest, is also featured on enjoyzebra.com under the podcast tab at the bottom. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share them by sending your emails to me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and happy refinishing.